Steve Lanham. Make and take spoilers. Hot radio. Steve Lanham. May contain spoilers. May contain spoilers. On this week's May Contain Spoilers, Woody Allen is mining some more misery with Kate Blanchett in Blue Jasmine. Saoirse Ronan is the last living queen in Scotland in Kevin MacDonald's apocalyptic How I Live Now. And Kristen Wiig moves back in with her mother in Girl Most Likely. Come on, Bridesmaids wasn't that bad, was it? If you've seen a film this week, then send us your reviews by tweeting at Film Spoilers or email MayContainSpoilers at hot1028.com. Can you please not fight in here? Don't think I can take it. For some reason, my Xanax isn't kicking in. Hello and welcome to May Contain Spoilers. My name's Steve Lanham. I am Drew Bridger. And I'm JP Stockwell. And coming up on tonight's show, we're going to be reviewing Woody Allen's Blue Jasmine, The Girl Most Likely and How I Live Now. Of course, that was Louis Armstrong and Back O Town Blues, taken from the soundtrack to Blue Jasmine. And throughout the show, we're going to be playing music from the films we're reviewing this week. And uh, also a little uh, treat of a song from a film that's out on Blu-ray next week. So all that's coming up in tonight's show. Drew, you've got some crowdfunding corner for us this week jp you've got a little bit of film news also new releases yep and uh your sofa cinema this week as well yep uh, i believed it was my time as i couldn't remember i've done it in a, <laughs> a few weeks so that's, Just how, that's how it w- yeah that's how it works in this show listen to the enthusiasm he had for doing it there <laughs> <laughs> so he would have picked three films that you can watch on freeview over the next six days or so all of that's coming up in the next 55 minutes or so. Uh, But also this week, we're going to talk a little bit about our lists of shame, which is something I've mentioned quite a lot on Twitter recently because I sort of formed mine a couple of weeks ago. 40 films that were taken from kind of the top 250 that you had to see according to IMDb or the AFI or something like that. And uh, films I hadn't seen that I was thoroughly ashamed of uh, and those sort of things. See, I, I purposefully didn't look at that because I thought I might depress myself with all the films that I haven't yet seen. Well, we're only human. You can't see yeah. everything and this is all about self-improvement so yes. my theory was if I make a list of them and set myself a rule that I can't watch anything other than these films apart from new releases and, and ones we're reviewing for this show so anytime I'm tempted to watch a film it has to be off this list that way I can kind of get rid of them all and stop being embarrassed when people say have you seen The Godfather and I say well no actually what's your method for picking them do you just go do you look through them and go oh I feel like watching this or do you sort of close your eyes throw a dart and hope for the best Uh, the other night what I did (laughs) when I uh, had some time to watch a film was I looked for one that was short one that wasn't three hours long because nice. the, mo- the most sort of revered films always seem to be the longest yes. so they're all about three hours long and Lawrence that's, that's of Arabia no- yeah, Schindler's the, List the Lord of the Rings films they're normally the reasons why I haven't sat down and watched them so uh, the other day I just went through and went oh copy one that's in there for this two hours long so uh, I watched Old Boy but yeah so and what nice. I did was I put my list of shame together so uh, we want to know what film is it that you're most ashamed about not having seen so one that whenever people talk about maybe you've pretended to like or 
you pretended to see or you just have to come out and say oh yeah I haven't actually seen it so what is it the film that you're most ashamed of not having seen tell us by tweeting at film spoilers or email may contain spoilers at hot1028.com you can do that for that or you can also tell us what you thought of any films that are in cinemas this week so Blue Jasmine The Girl Most Likely How I Live Now the films we're reviewing this week or even if you've been to see R.I.P.D because we were planning to review yeah. that on this show and it became so difficult to actually see a showing of it that we never actually got round to it so with that in hindsight go back and listen to the end of last week's episode after this obviously mm. after you finish listening to this or after we're off the air go back and listen to, to the end of last week's episode and you'll hear us discussing fervently what we're going to watch next week and we settle on R.I.P.D. and None of us went to see it. It just, it just didn't happen. <laughs> it was too difficult. They made it too difficult. What were we supposed to do? Exactly. So instead, we saw a whole raft of films that we uh, chose instead of having to watch that or Diana. So let's get down to our first review of the week, which... Uh, oh, and of course, we've all seen different films. So I've seen Blue Jasmine. Uh, Drew, you saw How I Live Now. Yes. And JP saw Girl Most Likely. So you'll hear our own individual views. We can't have a go at each other for our thoughts this week because we can't argue because none of us have seen each other's films. So... We need you to do it for us. We're all individual yep. ambassadors for yeah. the film which we've seen. <laughs> the balance needs to be provided by you, the listener. So, at Film Spoilers, it may contain spoilers, at top128.com. Very little interpersonal conflict today. Mm. I don't want to hear anyone else speaking when uh, when each of us is having our turn. Okay. That's not actually true. <laughs> so, uh, Blue Jasmine, of course, is uh, the return of... Woody Allen as director Woody Allen as writer not Woody Allen as star but we kind of expect that now from Woody mm. so the story is Kate Blanchett plays a socialite who's kind of down on her luck she was married to a husband who was a bit of a, uh, a cad he uh, sort of swindled people out of money uh, ended up in prison she's left with nothing goes to live with her sister played by Sally Hawkins and her, her partner and uh, it's a bit of a change of scenery for Kate Blanchett and she doesn't really know how she's going to fit in I want to go back to school. I want to get my degree and become, you know, something substantial. I can't just do some mindless job. Oh, I was forced to take a job selling shoes on Madison Avenue. Oh, so humiliating. Friends I'd had at dinner parties, our apartment came in and I waited on them. I mean, do you have any idea what that's like? No, one minute you're hosting women, and the next you're measuring their shoe size and fitting them. Erica Bishop came into the store. She saw me. It was so embarrassed for me. She slipped out thinking I didn't see her. I saw you, Erica! You can so, uh, Blue Jasmine stars Kate Blanchett, Alec Baldwin, Peter Sarsgaard, uh, and also Sally Hawkins as Kate Blanchett's sister. And uh, I have to say, as uh, an un unapologetic fan of, of Woody Allen, and I heard beforehand people saying, this is a return to form, it's a classic Woody Allen film, yeah. which I swear people do every single, yeah. pretty much every other film now, people say that and seem to completely they, forget. They they said it a lot about things like Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Yeah, so what the, the, the way like this that. works is you have one, you have some terrible films, and then you would have a good one. So you had kind of match point and things like that, which is kind of hated in this country, but liked in other parts of the world. And then you had Vicky Cristina Barcelona, which was a return to form, everyone said. And, it, and you know, it was really well received. Yeah. Then off the back of that, you had things like Whatever Works, Tall Dark Stranger, You Meet a Tall Dark Stranger. People didn't like those. They begin to think, well, maybe it was a bit of a fluke. Then you get 
Midnight in Paris massive success yeah. people say it's a return to form yeah. it's the best film he's made in years forgetting about Vicky Cristina Barcelona then you get to, Ro- to Rome with Love again not very well liked right. then you get Blue Jasmine and everyone says it's the best film for the last 20 years it's almost like he's doing it methodically so that each time they can say oh it's a re- return to form so like every so often he just bites the bullet and goes do you know what I'm going to make a really rubbish one and then it's going to make my next one look really good <laughs> well I don't think it's I, even his worst ones aren't that bad no. and also the fact that Woody Allen churns out a film every single year means that he's going to probably have some some hits and some misses because when you've got that sort of hit prolific yeah. Uh, yeah. release schedule you're, you're going to by its very nature have ones that aren't as good as others and mm. I have to say that Blue Jasmine, I thought, was fantastic. And it kind of, although I've mocked people saying that a little bit, yeah. it probably quite rightly is regarded as uh, his best film in decades, some people are saying. Because as good as Midnight in Paris is, Blue Jasmine has the comedy of that, but a bit more of a substance and a bit more weight. So Kate Blanchett is playing a character who is kind of really down on her luck and she's an alcoholic she's not very likeable she's from a sort of privileged background and she's having to live in a normal circumstance and she's just not very nice and she's not very good at it and she doesn't really want to be there and that's not what you've had from more recent Woody Allen films with Midnight in Paris it was sort of slightly twee 1930s a bit fluffy kind of aspirational type stuff and this is more like the kind of heartache and stuff that you got from his his films in the 80s and 70s so I, I was really surprised that he's kind of gone back to that and at the age he's at as well to still be able to do that is, is pretty impressive but still it still maintained the, the kind of humour so Sally Hawkins plays Kate uh, Blanchett's sister she's fantastic uh, I can't get enough of Sally Hawkins in it. I don't really seem to see her in that much stuff anymore I can only really think of Happy Go Lucky yeah it was Happy Go Lucky and then there was something else Made in very, Dagenham yeah. oh of course Made in yeah. Dagenham yeah although I haven't actually seen that so but she, she's not around list of shame. shame well it's not that good is it do you know what I mean it's a, it's a pretty full list of shame I'm not sure <laughs> that's going to that's going to jump straight you've almost got no more room left on your list of shame that's true you've only um, got so many lines on that pad mm, uh, of course another big part of Woody Allen films is he he kind of has the he goes into his drawer in his, his bedroom and he's got the scraps of paper with ideas on he pulls one out and turns it into a script if he likes it and uh, the next big part of it is he gets a cast of people together and it always seems to be a big list of people who really want to work with Woody Allen so you have a great cast so as well as the obvious people like Kate Blanchett Sally Hawkins you have Alec Baldwin as Kate Blanchett's husband uh, who you only kind of see in flashbacks you get Peter Sarsgaard as well as uh, playing a character very similar to the guy he played in uh, An Education kind of a slightly suave uh, well off git well <laughs> I probably wouldn't have said that but yeah possibly he's somewhat seedy as well he does seediness he, he has that it, there's something about him you don't trust yeah uh, as well as him, you got Louis C- Louis C.K. as well. In a, he's only a small part in it, but he's another person who's kind of revered in Hollywood at the he's moment on as the, a comedian. He's on the poster though. He's quite high up on the yeah, poster. Yeah, he's only got his his character's only in it for a, a short period of time. So he's, he's much higher up the poster than Andrew Dice Clay, who also isn't in the film for very long either. So yeah, that's probably it's very strange. Well, are they um, and or with performances? No, 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 no. As no, far no. as I know, they are just listed in the. Uh, in the kind of cast list but um, yeah the the kind of person who steals the the show slightly other than Kate Blanchett who's fantastic is uh, Bobby Cannavale who plays Chili who is Sally Hawkins uh, kind of love interest in the film he's a bit of a caricature of sort of a greasy San Francisco (laughs) 
uh, working class man, but he's very good at it and he kind of carries it off well. And I was um, actually, I, I kind of didn't want to like his character, but you end up being slightly sort of forgiving of him despite the, the slight caricature of him. And uh, I just thought the film was very, very funny. And going into it, knowing that it was slightly uh, weightier than, than the past Woody Allen films, I wasn't really prepared for it to be as funny as it actually was. So um, mm. I was very, very impressed by uh, Blue Jasmine. And, and there's already talk of Kate Blanchett. I was going to say, yeah, does Kate Blanchett's uh, um, performance hold up to the Oscar buzz that has been I, talked about? I, I wouldn't have a problem with her winning a uh, Best Actress Oscar for a performance in this because she is fantastic. And people make the point that he Woody Allen's always had kind of leading ladies that have been his muse almost with obviously Diane Keaton and Mia Farrow and people like that and Kate Blanchett is the the kind of next big one that he's managed to kind of get a great performance from and or she's got a great film from him and she does everything in the film is focused around her and she is fantastic so it wouldn't surprise me if she got a nod towards the end of the year I can't see anyone else in the film getting it because they're just kind of eclipsed by her there's, performance. There's not much to compare it to yet, is there? Because there's not really been. We're no. not really in awards season yet. No, we got that so. to look forward to. So, yeah. is it as that immediately? Time. Is it as immediately funny, like out just outright comedic, as some other Woody Allen films? No, or is it not, sort of treading the line between comedy and drama a bit more? It's more the treading the line between comedy and drama because okay. it's not setting out to be a comedy like kind of Bananas or something like that. It's not. It's not what it's aiming. Is, but it yeah. does find comedy in unlikely places and going back to the the character thing also you kind of forget it's a Woody Allen film in a way because there's no one in it who's obviously Woody Allen when you look at a lot of his films the ones that he's not in there's still someone who you think okay that's that's Woody Allen that's the Woody o- Allen character Owen Wilson in Midnight in Paris yeah, basically and even, even Larry David in whatever works yeah. so there's pretty Jesse much Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg there's always someone you think okay that's him writing himself for someone else but in this the main character is Kate Blanchett as Jasmine you, you, there's no one in there who is the kind of neurotic male character which is kind of refreshing and again sort of hats off to, to Woody for, for in it's such a late period in, in his filmmaking career to be able to, to still kind of pull out surprises like that so mm. I really really liked Blue Jasmine and uh, if I was to give it a score out of 5 I think I will give it a 4.5 because it's not quite a classic if I give it five I'm putting it alongside Annie Hall and Manhattan and all that sort of stuff so yeah. it, it's not quite at that level but it's still a very very good film so Blue Jasmine highly recommend it especially if you're a Woody Allen film uh, fan but even if you're not I think you definitely still get something out of it so I know there's been uh, preview screenings of it uh, over the weekend because I went to one myself so <laughs> if you've been to see it let us know what you thought of Blue Jasmine Get in touch with the team now. Tweet us at Film Spoilers or email us on Make and Take Spoilers at hot1028.com. Blondie and Sunday Girl taken from the soundtrack to Girl Most Likely which JP will be reviewing later in the show and don't forget if you've seen that or you've seen Blue Jasmine or How I Live Now then you can tweet us at Film Spoilers or email spoilers at hot1028.com with your reviews but let's move on to one of those films Drew you saw How I Live Now earlier on today yesterday? Uh, I saw it yesterday it was part of a uh, student only preview screening 
what with you not being a student and everything yeah i was very you can lucky pass to, right. I get, I, yeah it's uh ba- baby face bridger they call me in the bookish business. bridger I call <laughs> not to your face but anyway exactly. how i live Walking now there with your satchel and my messenger bag and my yeah. big notepad your yeah. bean bag <laughs> all that sort sack. of stuff hacky sack <laughs> Anyway, how I live now? What did you? Oh, uh, brilliant! I'm, what I do? I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, <laughs> what, what about it? But I probably should give some kind of background to yep. what it is. So, how okay. I live now is uh, directed by Kevin McDonald, who is kind of well known for being a director of Last King of Scotland, yes. uh, and also I have, I had that film in my <laughs> that, head. That film, I, know that, that I want to say one, one day like one. this, but it's not called One Day Like This, is it? What's it called? The uh, the YouTube. Uh, Life in a day. Oh, I see. Yeah. Day so in life yeah, he kind of uh, obviously last game yeah. of Scotland, touching the void, state of play, life in a day, and the eagle. So he has had a, a, quite a strange career, really. Like it's um, he's gone from being sort of someone who makes traditional films to making yeah. things like life in a day to kind of back to more traditional stuff. So. But of course, Last King of Scotland is his, his big film. I've yeah. completely lost what I was That's talking all right. about there. Anyway, <laughs> there he is, Kevin MacDonald, director of yeah. How I Live Now, stars Saoirse Ronan. Uh, and the story is an American girl on holiday in the English countryside with her family finds herself in hiding and fighting for her survival as the Third World War breaks out. Drew, what did you think of How I Live Now? Um, well, to be honest, I didn't really know entirely what to expect when I went in. I knew what the plot was. I'd seen the trailer, and I knew that it was based on a book. And this is quite a popular book, despite me not actually having heard of it. Um, so I thought, well, all right, you know, I'll, I'll give it a go, because it looks pretty interesting. It looks, from the trailer, it looks almost kind of Hunger Games-ish. You know, it's based on a on novel that appeals to a similar age group as um, people who would be into Hunger Games would be. And, you know, books like that generally have to be pretty good if they're going to be adapted into a script. Um, I thought, for the most part, it was kind of strange. I couldn't really immediately decide whether I liked it or not. So th- the most striking part about the the kind of setup for it is that yeah, it's World War Three. I mean, I it mean, sounds like basically what happens is the 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 family that Sesha Ronan's character goes to stay with. She's a she's a complete cow at the start of the film, and you are not meant to like her at all. Right, and she does a really good job of doing that. Um, but the the family that she goes to stay with is like partly her extended family. They're like her cousin or something. Um, and the the mother of that family, who's related to her, works in military defense or something. And right. while she's staying there, a nuclear bomb gets dropped on London by... They, they're only ever referred to as terrorists. Right. And there's an invasion of, of England. So, you know, all of these terrorists sort of suddenly come out of the woodwork and start invading and people have to be evacuated. And it's basically them being evacuated and the boys in the family going off to war and the girls in the family going to a safe haven where they're sort of farming. And it's her taking the smaller, mem- the smallest girl of the family back home. Um, they escape and, and try to go back home. So it's not really... It's not a love story in the same way as like the Hunger Games well, and that's, Twilight. Well, are. that's the thing. That's the thing. This really was a love story, and it was almost disappointingly so, because Sesha Ronan plays a really strong kind of 
strong-willed and motivated character. And you think, right on! You know, she's a strong female lead. You know, it's like setting a good example for, for teenage girls everywhere. Great. And then you realize that, you realize most of the way through that the only reason she is get, trying to get back to this home, this safe haven, is because she's fallen in love with one of the, the, the oldest boy of the family. Now, also, on that, correct me if I'm wrong, but it does say in there that the family she goes to stay with is like her extended family. I'm, I'm fairly certain of this. So doesn't that basically mean that she's fallen in head over heels in love with someone she's sort of related to? Possibly. You saw it. You, you know, you tell me. I mean, I couldn't work that out. There was something. I knew there was something about it that bugged me all the way through, and I only worked out afterwards. So I was like... Aren't they basically meant to be her cousins? It does seem that there's a formula for these sorts yeah. of films now. So what it is is you have the kind of um, the love story, and then what you do is you you bolt on some sort of genre film onto the end of it. So yeah. you have kind of the love triangle with Twilight, and you bolt on a horror story. Yeah. You have kind of Hunger Games, and then you bolt on the sort of Battle Royale again, sort yeah. of a horror type thing. And this has the sort of sci-fi war element sort yeah. of pegged onto the end of it. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it looks like it could appeal to people who like sci-fi films, but really yeah. it's only going to probably not let down people who are big fans of things like exactly. Games and, and stuff and like that. Because it's a book, you almost you almost wonder how these concepts come about, like which order those mm. two things come first. Like, does the author go, right, I want to do a science fiction, but... Um, but you know, love triangles and and things like that are hot at the moment. So I'll put that in. Or do they want to make a, a romance novel? But they know that you know a genre will well, I mean, build up the, the, t- the teen audience. In this, it is so much more of a romance kind of thing because she has dreams about him and and she has visions, and they're what's kind of leading her home and everything like that. And and you think, oh, if only you could just get over it a little bit you would be like such a stronger female Lee that would actually have a lot more respect but instead it's it's all about this guy and she gets given like because she's an American citizen this is this is the thing there was a lot of other attention to details that just sort of suddenly didn't go anywhere okay. you know it was like what happened to this attention to detail earlier she gets a visit from someone who is from the American embassy because the American embassy have tracked down anyone who recently entered the country on on whatever kind of visa and they offer them sanctuary at the American embassy and say we'll get you on the next flight home and you'll be completely safe and she tears it up and she throws it on a fire and she stays and it's like that's love Drew I know but call me cynical but you're in the middle of World War 3 wouldn't you try and get out there but bring everyone with you somehow love doesn't see sense let's but, um, uh, let's see your score out of five for how i live now okay well i'm gonna give it um three and a half because even though it did become so much more about like the romance and everything like that there was a lot more potential for it to be something a bit stronger and there are moments in it where it does get very dark and very gritty and it it, it focuses a lot more on like the war zone aspect of things and there are people around them getting killed in, in in attacks and stuff like that so it does become something 
darker in places and those were the moments where I, I was most interested in the film it was just every so often when it slipped back into being a complete romance movie that it kind of lost me again but so, overall three and a half um, it's it's no Hunger Games so there you go Drew gave uh, How I Live Now at three and a half if you've seen it tell us what you thought of it get in touch with the team now tweet us at Film Spoilers or email us on Make and Take Spoilers at hot1028.com Still to come in the show, JP will have our Safe Cinema for this week, also a review of Girl Most Likely, uh, Crowdfunding Corner, and also next week's new releases and some film news, so don't go anywhere. Steve Lanham, Make and Take Spoilers, Hot Radio. You're listening to Make and Take Spoilers. My name is Steve Lanham, with me are Drew Bridger and JP Stockwell. And in the previous part of the show, we reviewed Blue Jasmine and also How I Live Now. And uh, JP, you saw this week Girl Most Likely, uh, starring Kristen Wiig uh, that's correct it's still you know trading on the back of Bridesmaids probably a bit would that be fair? well possibly in terms of a casting but in terms of the actual um, tone and the type of comedy it is it's it's not it's not in line with um, Bridesmaids at all, really. polite way of saying I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, the story wrong. for A Girl Most Likely is a failed New York playwright awkwardly navigates the transition from next big thing to last year's news. What the hell are you doing? Jesus, don't sneak up on me like that. You left me in the back seat of your car. Well, honey, they, they told me that you were going to be out for like, you know, six hours. You took me against my will. You know, I could have you arrested for kidnapping. Imogene. They called me from the hospital. They said that you had tried to kill yourself and they were going to lock you up with schizophrenians. I mean, you know, what was I supposed to do? Leave you there? Oh, and this is better? Waking up alone in a, in a casino parking lot? I don't have my purse, no cell phone, I have no wallet, no no ID, nothing? Griselda, is this lady giving you grief? Oh, no, Delancey. This is my daughter. Do you know that she was on the New York Times list of players? New York Ma- It's New York Magazine. Oh, oh pleased to meet you. I've seen your mother here get more royal flushes than anybody. So, Girl Most Likely stars Sherry. Oh, Sherry it's directed by Sherry Springer Berman and Robert Pulcini, and stars Kristen Wiig, Annette Benning, and Matt Dillon. Uh, JP, what did you think of Girl Most Likely? I, uh, I, I fairly enjoyed it. I thought it was, um, as as you mentioned, their Bridesmaids is kind of the the really big movie that Kristen Wiig is kind of known for now. And as I said, it's it's not within that style of comedy. It's more of a lighter. Um, kind of indie dramedy I guess but it doesn't uh, because that can sometimes sound a bit um, you know a bit annoying sometimes can't it you know if you if you say that to someone in you know indie pindy drama dramedy um, but it it kind of falls more within that but in in a good way in, is that in a because, way that, in an entertaining way is that because the comedy in it is perhaps more subtle than some of this because like Bridesmaids is very very funny and it's yeah. good don't get me wrong I think it's great yeah. but there are broad jokes in it as much as there are the more subtle ones yes. does this lean more towards the subtle end of the scale rather than the slightly broader end yeah definitely the more the more subtle and it's it's more uh, to do with you know kind of social awkwardness and interactions and things like that you know m- more within you know the, well I guess the kind of uber text for that type of thing you know the office that kind of 
the thing we you know awkward uh, although obviously it's not done in the documentary style but you know the, the kind of social awkwardness between the characters and I mean um, from that clip there uh, you heard Annette Benning, who seems to be uh, just be, be able to be cast as just like the perfect uh, kind of comedy wacky mum. Yeah. I mean, like the last one of the last times we saw her, in, I think, was in Ruby Sparks, wasn't she? Where she was the the very kind of uh, um, kind of hippie uh, wacky mum. Yeah. And she kind of does that here as well, um, but brilliantly like she, she can she just seems to be able to pull that, that she did it in uh, the kids are all right as well she yeah, was, was sort of an well, alternative yeah. mother as well yeah That's... the kind of intellectual but kind of slightly off kilter kooky mum hmm. um and she yeah she she pulls that off very well and i think the um the in terms of the rest of the story it's essentially that um kristen wiggs character is was kind of at one point uh, set up to be this kind of famous writer but it, things never really took off in the way that she hoped and um, you know she's living in New York she's supposed she wants to be you know a sophisticated New Yorker writer type thing it didn't really work out so she moves back home uh, you know small town uh, seaside town kind of thing and kind of starts up a a sort of relationship with someone who's actually living in her old, her old house and uh the 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 comedy that kind of ensues is it, it's it's fairly recognizable but it's something that i still kind of enjoy and enjoyed because of the social awkwardness of the fast talking quips and, and characters and stuff it's a brand of comedy that you quite liked anyway so. yeah yeah definitely okay. that was one of the things I, I enjoyed most about um, In A World as well which I said was probably my top comedy of this year so, so this far. this hasn't topped In A World it hasn't topped it no but it's still within that style of comedy which I quite like so I enjoyed it yeah okay so the girl most likely JP what are you going to give it out of 5 stars I think overall I'll get 3.5 so three point so, yeah, five. It's, it's 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 over above average, I would say. Um, and there were quite a few laughs that I got from it. Um, in terms of like the overall story, it's it is fairly recognisable kind of rom com dramedy type stuff. But uh, it's it's one of the better ones, I think. So a good couple of weeks for uh, comedies of female leads, which is always a good thing. Nice, yeah. uh, nice to have that kind of. And it, that that's almost been a byproduct of the success of Bridesmaids, isn't it? That the yeah. people are more willing to take risks with that sort of thing. So, and all round a good couple of weeks for for those sorts of comedy. So, if Definitely. you've seen uh, Girl, most likely, let us know what you thought of it. Get in touch with the team now. Tweet us at Film Spoilers or email us on Make and Take Spoilers at hot1028.com. I'm going to throw a curveball at you now and say, actually, Drew, this week you've got some crowdsourcing corner for us, uh, which I've now changed to crowdfunding corner yep. and forgotten that and said crowdsourcing. That's anyway. okay. I'm having a terrible week this week, so excuse me. But, We're trying uh, to figure out which is easier to say, weren't we? Yeah. It's, it's still... It's still on the table, I would I would think. Maybe we should record our production meetings and have them as extras. <laughs> in the podcast. Uh, Deleted scenes. We could have a vote on it, maybe. Uh, yeah, so crowdfunding slash crowdsourcing corner. Yep. Uh, Drew, you choose uh, something off of one of those uh, sites that is worth having a look at. One of those give me one of those sites. sites. Yeah, one of those hands-out sort of uh, yeah. sites. And uh, you choose something which is worth mentioning. Yep. This week is slightly different because it's uh, something that's already happened. Yeah, this is something that happened a while ago I mean uh, in the sense that it got funded a while ago back in uh, 2011 but it is something that is now happening um, basically there was a Kickstarter project 
to get a statue of RoboCop erected in Detroit. Um, sort of like a symbol of putting Detroit on the map um, and everything like that. Because like, like, a lot like the Philadelphia Rocky statue. Yeah, exactly. So, and I believe that actually was part of the tweet to the mayor of Detroit, which was, um, <laughs> Philadelphia have a Rocky statue. Why don't we have a RoboCop statue? Of course. And he Cultural said, icon. And he said, there are no plans for RoboCop statue. Thank you for your suggestions. So he went, all right, I'm going to sort this out myself. So he put it up on Kickstarter, and it raised more than the required amount. Uh, they were aiming for fifty thousand dollars to get it to get one made. They ended up having sixty-seven thousand four hundred and thirty-six dollars. Nice. And what are they going to make it out of? <laughs> uh, I think they're making it out of bronze, but they could have upped it by now well, it could be platinum. something like yeah solid gold yeah. so you can see pictures um, of this uh, yeah. online can't you maybe we'll uh, tweet a link to the Robocop statue yeah so. you can you can see pictures of, you can see the I think there are updates of it on the Kickstarter page for them as well Okay. Um, but this is something that's going to be happening and they're going to be putting it up in Detroit I think that they're aiming to put it up before the new RoboCop movie. I was going to say conspiracy. Yeah, tie nice, in. nice bit of marketing for exactly. the people making the new RoboCop film. So that's a happy ending there. Proof that these sorts of things do work. So yeah. this week's crowdfunding corner, went for crowdfunding. See, uh, it just shows that there are good things that come out of these things too, and they do really happen. So yeah. uh, Drew will be back with another one of those next week. Still to come, JP has this week's sofa cinemas a bit later than normal, and also next week's new releases. Flashes and Garden's Heart that's taken from the soundtrack to How I Live Now it's a new single it's out on the 17th of October it's a digital download so that's especially for the film so definitely worth taking a look at that one uh, now we've kind of mi- sort of mixed around our uh, our running order normally we do Sofa Cinema much earlier but we haven't forgotten about it JP you have chosen three films that are on Freeview this week that you can check out over the next six days or so what films have you gone for? Uh, well, uh, the first one I've gone for, and by the way, no theme uh, link this week. Either. We always mention it as if there is one. But yeah, there hardly ever is. But. No, there hardly ever is. But uh, the first one I've gone for, David uh, David Fincher's Panic Room. Um, I think, you know, it's it's it seems to be one that maybe is. Um, what's the word? Underrated. Lesser uh, in, Fincher. Yeah, possibly. The, but I think kind of wrongly I think it is quite still quite a a very interesting and quite gripping you know tense thriller Hmm. Um, and uh, that's on Friday the 27th uh, at 9pm on More 4 the second one I've gone for is a bit of a, a slightly wackier out there one that he, people may or may not have heard of. Yeah, I know nothing about this. Tell us about it. It's uh, called Clock Stoppers. <laughs> right. Um, essentially, d- do you remember um, the old uh, CITV program, Bernard's Watch? I remember <laughs> I remember it, now you say it, but uh, he had a watch and he could stop time. Yeah, it's, my memory so it's it. essentially that, but there's a t- slight twist on it, is that his watch doesn't stop time exactly. He, it just it makes everyone so fast that everything around them is just really slow, as if it were, time right. were stopped. So it's essentially, <laughs> that's the conceit of clock stoppers. Um, I remember just 
watching this because I used to watch Bernard's Watch and thought, oh, there's kind of a there's a movie version of it, but it wasn't actually of the TV show, but it was a kind of similar time stopping type thing. <laughs> it's it, almost in the in a similar vein to these sort of Disney original movies. That yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's directed by Jonathan Frakes, who uh, is. Well, he did some of the Star Trek kind of uh, next generation type things, but yeah. Yeah. he's kind of a sci-fi type guy. But it, it also stars, um, and I've forgotten the name of the guy, but the guy that plays Kyle Reese in The Terminator. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've caught me out because I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. yes. But, uh, so that's Clockstoppers. That's on at 9pm on Sunday the 29th on Viva, the Viva channel. Uh, the last one I've gone for is uh, the original girl with the dragon tattoo um, the immensely superior one in my <laughs> in my uh, well, opinion someone, someone was telling me the other day that actually they preferred the and it, not someone who just doesn't like subtitled films but they were actually saying that the the Fincher one again there's David Fincher again yeah. is actually a bit a bit underrated well yeah kind of, being underrated. Poss- possibly maybe just because it it was it was a kind of a remake, you know, one of these kind of instant remakes that were coming out, you know, of that there was the uh, let me in, let the right one in mm, remake kind yeah. of thing, and it was kind of off the back of that. And I I would agree that maybe the David Fincher one kind of looks slightly better because the original ones were essentially you know TV made for TV projects. Yeah. But I mean, Numi Rapass just like is insanely amazing in that role as Lisbeth and uh, I remember when I first watched it I was I was quite you know uh, obsessed with this seeking out the rest of them and I remember seeing the second one like twice going quite out of my way to go and see it and then then eventually buying the extended editions of uh, the the box set of all of them yeah because you can get the the full TV versions of it kind of yeah which is is what I ended up doing I take it this is the the, probably the theatrical release this is this will be yes uh, which is on film four at uh, 10.55 on Monday the 30th. So there you go. That's uh, JP's selections for this week's Sofa Cinema. Panic Room, Clock Stoppers and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, They're his choices and uh, they're over the next six days or so. And I think it's my turn next week. So next week I will have three films that you can check out on Freeview and uh, I will try to get a theme because we we neglected it. So maybe I should at least attempt to put it back into some sort of I like the fact that the theme thing came about entirely accidentally one week and it was just like one one week one of us said oh yeah there's actually a theme behind all of them and then we spent the rest of our time saying there's not a theme there's there's not a theme there's no theme this week and now it's almost like we've said it so much that there's not a theme that we almost feel like we have to have one yeah and uh, don't forget of course (laughs) shot ourselves in the foot (laughs) yeah and uh, Panic Room would probably almost fit on my list of shame which we're also talking about this week we want to know what film you're most ashamed of not having seen what would be at the top of your list of shame at Film Spoilers on Twitter or May Contain Spoilers at Hot One com to let us know and we will keep talking about that throughout the week on those uh, various platforms so it's still time to let us know what your most shameful omission from your cinema history is yep. or film history is but JP what's out on DVD and Blu-ray next week? Uh, we have a few things there is uh, The Iceman starring uh, Michael Shannon yep. uh, we also have The Kings of Summer which has been getting quite a lot of uh, praise yeah very difficult to track down that one That's it was the... yeah in the uh, definitely in the cinema yeah it wasn't really showing anywhere around here especially but the good news is it's only really been 
about a month since it came out and we're able to see it on DVD and Blu-ray so good things come to those who don't wait very long <laughs> exactly uh, we also have The Last Exorcism Part 2 I had to get that right because you have to be very particular because there's the the, the chapter 2 part 2 debate with a lot of these uh, cattle prod cinema horror yep. it's, the, it's the new genre uh, there's also The Rise which is a s- small low budget uh, British crime drama and uh, there's also Scum which is <laughs> also a low budget <laughs> British crime yes yeah, so you can see a movie. brand new one of those films or uh, a classic older one Yes, if you want to do a double bill maybe Definitely. If you've got some money to spend on those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, what's out in cinemas next week? Uh, in cinemas we have Prisoners. Uh, we also have Runner Runner. Um, Blue Jasmine, of course, is uh, officially out. And uh, as I did a review of it, but it does come out on fri- Friday, is Girl Most Likely. Yes, yeah, so all of those films are out in cinemas this week. Uh, obviously next week's show we will hopefully have reviews of Prisoners and uh, possibly Runner Runner if uh, JP manages to see it but if you see Blue Jasmine or Girl Most Likely between now and then you can still tell us what you thought of them as you can anything you see between now and then or anything that's on your list of shame as I mentioned it's may contain spoilers at top1028.com is the email or on Twitter it's at film spoilers we put things up throughout the whole week uh, and it's all stuff that's generally interesting film news things like that just what we're up to in our cinema viewing lives. Exactly. Who we wouldn't like to, want to know We like to like keep that? people in the loop. And if we have a crowdsourcing, uh, crowdfunding corner that needs some support, we tweet that. Yeah. And uh, also we've got a Facebook page as well, which is May Contain Spoilers on Facebook. This week I discovered an old uh, cache of uh, interviews and older <laughs> shows. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I may be tempted to upload those over the next seven days or so. So you could be able to hear some old interviews from the show. But of course, Massive there is... SoundCloud boost. Yes, perhaps. <laughs> uh, but of course, there is a podcast of the show. If you've missed anything on this week's show or you want to go back and listen to one of our previous shows maybe uh, there's all sorts of reviews from throughout the last couple of years you can do that may contain spoilers podcast type it into a search engine or you can uh, find a link to it on our twitter or our facebook or i'm going to say it, if you've got itunes just type it in there let's not be coy about these sorts no. of things just get straight in and say it's on itunes that's what everyone else is using <laughs> apple aren't going to see you well, uh, probably not. We didn't say negative. <laughs> that's all right. I think as yeah. long as you're not being negative, it's fine. Uh, so until next week, where we'll be uh, back with reviews of Prisoners and Runner Runner, hopefully. Uh, it's goodbye from me. It is goodbye from me. And I'm the daddy round here. And I'm going to have to ask what that's from. because Scum. I oh, it's from Scum. Uh, yeah, okay. it's a very Sorry, famous was, line from that. I thought maybe you might have gone for something from Girl Most Likely, and I wouldn't have known what that was either. <laughs> so. Maybe I should have done it. I had a Woody Allen film. That would have been the perfect thing to end with. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that was a bit of a <laughs> failure. It's probably, it's probably better than uh, "Don't Go Into the Greenhouse," What's which, that you won't, which, which is also from Scum, but you right. won't get unless you've seen well, the whole you list tool. of these. Anyway, yeah. that was maybe for next week. I've rambled on. That's it for Make Contain Spoilers. We'll be back uh, next Thursday with reviews of Prisoners and Runner Runner. Runner. <laughs>